0: And welcome to this latest episode of Convincing Coffee Break with me, Mandy Brown and Richard Snape. Um, Today's newsflash is about the case of Camden Hill Gate Limited versus Duchess of Bedford House RTM and the High Court Judgment, which I gather, Richard, is about car parking easements. That's right. Always a favourite yeah. topic. And I presume RTM means right to manage.
1: It's a right to manage company. They, you know, the long leaseholders have taken over management from the intermediate landlord. That doesn't
0: really affect the decision. Can you give us a bit of the background of the case and where it took place? It
1: is quite a long-winded set of facts and the decision itself is in two parts and uh, it's the one I wanted to really concentrate on, although you can't sort of um, go through the, um, the, the the major decision but you know, briefly. It all took place. I mean, Duchess of Bedford House is in London. It's Holland Park. It's not far from um, backing off from Kensington High Street. So we're talking about expensive properties here. It was a uh, early 1930s uh, block of uh, 47 flats and um, the freeholders of the whole area were Fillmore Estates. They granted a uh, long lease back in 1929 and then they've been under letting of the various uh, properties. Joining on a sort of fronting onto um onto Duchess of Bedford House is a private road called Sheldrake Place, which is part of Sheldrake Square. and There's lots of gardens as well. And nearby, there's uh, another two sort of mansions, years mid- mansions. That's what Campton Hill Gate is, and further flats there. So Fillmore owned the whole area initially, but uh, back in 1969, they gave uh, were transferred a an intermediate lease, a head lease, to Camden Hillgate's predecessor and Camden Hillgate on a restructuring, became the head landlords, I should say the, the intermediate, they became the intermediate landlords back in 1974. What had happened since the 1960s is people in Duchess of Bedford House have been parking their car in Sheldrake Place East. I know, not the same car, I hope, but various cars and various property owners. And there seems to have been disputes for 50 odd years about uh, whether they had rights to park the cars until eventually they sought a declaration from the courts. The High Court finally reversed a county court decision. The High Court uh, decided the case not to over the 10th this year. That's some of the background.
0: So you said the decision was in two parts. Can you tell us a bit about the decision?
1: Yeah, I should have perhaps mentioned as well that um, when Fillmore granted a head lease back in 1969, they reserved for themselves, I'll, I don't usually quote things in these um, podcasts because it's not really what they're about, but I uh, think you've got to do it here, all other easements, quasi-easements and rights belonging to or enjoyed by any adjoining or neighbouring premises. And the major part of the decision, the actual decision itself, depended on what does that actually mean, It's a classic of sort of 50-odd-year-old wording that uh, has uh, lost its meaning to some extent. The county court decided that what that meant is that uh, they had uh, given easements to um, Duchess of bedford house to park their cars if it's an easement you can't uh, withdraw the easement it binds third parties and this was the effect of that reservation the high court i can understand why because for the life of me i don't know how the county court got that decision said it means what it says that uh, they haven't given easements they've reserved for themselves and withdrawn you know any easements and they quoted case mentioned many times over the last few years in my, my courses, Arnold and Britain, that Supreme Court case from 250, uh, uh, 2015, whereby the case that, amongst other things, set off the arguments about escalating ground rents, And the Supreme Court said that uh, you've got to give the wording of these clauses their ordinary and natural meaning. And the ordinary and natural meaning of the words I quoted means that uh, we've uh, not given any easements. And that was the decision. There was nothing... There was no car parking easements there in the first place. But the second part of the decision was an old favourite of mine. It's the first case that's discussed it for a few years, actually. And that's whether you can have easements to park in the first place.
0: So what did it say about easements to park and the problems?
1: It's been known for a long, long time. There's been several cases that have mentioned it or discussed it. But... uh, you can't have easements of exclusive possession. The whole nature of an easement is a right that one person has over another person's land. If you want to exclude that other person from the land, it can't be an easement no matter what you call it. And if you wanted a, a property right that gives you exclusive possession, that's what an estate and land is. You're the freeholder, you're a leaseholder, or even the common holder. And uh, they talked a lot about a uh, the case that really started off in 1982 case called Newman and Jones, which had uh, discussed the problems with uh, car parking rights for the first time. It was actually an unreported decision, but uh, the detail is nowadays out, although it's not an official law report. Shall I tell you about Newman and Jones? Because they discussed it in some detail in this case. I think
0: that would be useful.
1: Yeah, Newman and Jones was very, very similar in many respects to the as of Bedford House situation. It was a block of flats in Torquay and uh, there were 14 flats and people weren't given any express rights to do so, but they would leave their cars in the forecourt on a sort of, first come first serve uh, basis. You can only fit about 10 or 12 cars there. So obviously everybody couldn't park at the same time and it didn't cater for the fact that some people might have two cars and likes. And... Uh, Suffice to say, the court in that case decided that that can be an easement. If you're parking in whatever space is available amongst many you know, in a defined area, then that can be an easement and it can be binding on third parties and it can't be withdrawn. But they And they went on to say also that it doesn't matter that not everybody can park at once and some people wouldn't have cars, it can still be an easement. On the other hand, they went on to say that if you're parking in a defined space to the exclusion of anybody else, that can't be an easement. I was surprised in the Duchess of Bedford House case. They didn't mention the next case along that discussed it 10 years later, 1992, London and Blenheim. A state's retail park where they said whether there's exclusive possession or not, is a question of degree, you know, how much... uh, Are you excluding the the sort of freeholder or the head lessee here from the land? Or the other case, uh, the the one case that the Court of Appeal has discussed, really. It's been mentioned in a couple of other Court of Appeal cases, but they just queried whether you could have Eastminster Park in the same space. They didn't really decide it. But the other case was... a. 2001 case called bachelor and marlowe and in bachelor and marlowe again it was they were claiming prescriptive long use easements bachelor owned a piece of land a sort of vacant piece of land and there was uh, marlowe had a garage on the other side of the, the road opposite and marlowe would just leave cars you know to, before they you know, got repaired or whatever in the garage and uh, there was enough space for six cars and they seem to have been putting six cars there all the time. And after over 20 years, they claimed uh, prescriptive easements. And uh, the Court of Appeals said that can't be a prescriptive easement because you're excluding you know, the paper owner from the land. And so they didn't discuss either of those two. Well, they did say that uh, the Duchess of Bedford House case was on all fours, really, with uh, Newman and Jones. In that, I think there were 47 flats, and there was enough space in the sheltered place east to, to leave 20 to 22 cars. We weren't guaranteed a space. They seemed to have produced evidence from aerial photos from back in the year dot of you know, photographs of only half a dozen cars. And it was argued because, you know, not everybody has a car and not everyone uh, will be using this uh, stretch of land. It can't be an easement. Just as in Newman and Jones, the, the High Court said that's an irrelevance. So it was, an easement. it was capable of being an easement, but on the facts, an easement had not been created.
0: So, Richard, that was really interesting. Can you perhaps tell me and the listeners a little bit about um, car parking and the rights to easement in confined spaces? Yeah, if it's,
1: I say that I think it's fairly settled now. Although there are only high court decisions that if you're parking in whatever place in the defined area is available, it can be an easement. If you're parking in exactly the same place all the time, yeah, it's probably can't be an easement. There've been several cases, but what about this? You know, London and Blenheim Labrook case. You know it's a question of degree whether there's exclusive possession or not and almost certainly in those circumstances it can be an easement i remember a case in 2012 called kettle and bloom Ford, where you know you're parking in a defined space but the landlord reserved to move you around on management grounds and the likes which is commonly the case nowadays and that could be an easement and there was another case, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but called Gila Clona, C U U O N A, and uh, Big Apple Marketing in 2017, where it was expressed as a lease, but it obviously wasn't a lease. I mean, where the um, you could park your car in a a defined space, but uh, the uh, servant owner of the land where you're parking could walk across the space, you know, when you were not um, parked there and could back their car, which would be parked near, nearby. You know, when you're obviously, when your car's not there, they could back into your space to turn around and all that. And they could put fence up around the space and then advertising hoarding you know, on the side of the space. They could resurface and kick you out for a short period of time. And that could definitely be an easement. So, If you're parking in the same space all the time, it seems it can't be an easement. If it's one of several spaces, whatever's available in a defined area, it definitely can be. But uh, if you're parking in a defined space, but it can be moved around on whatever grounds, it certainly can be an easement. The problem is the ones where you've got an allocated space, often the you almost certainly leaseholds, you know, usually flats, and uh, they are um, it's the older ones where you're given allocated spaces and no right to move around. I'm tempted to say that might be an insurance policy.
0: As always, Richard, thank you very much.
1: Thanks a lot. See you again.
0: Until next time. You have been listening to another episode of Convincing Coffee Break the only podcast for busy convincing professionals brought to you by Lawshore Insurance Brokers, an award-winning UK provider of title insurance. For more information on our free conferences, go to www.lawshoreinsurance.co.uk where you can download recent conference recordings.